Good morning. It is January 29, 2020. This is episode number 13 of the No BS Winners Podcast. I'm Brian Benito with Scott Johnson. Scott, how are you this morning? I am doing great on this hump day, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. Big slate of games last night in both the NBA and college basketball. We'll get to that in a recap and we'll run things down here in a second. How can they find you on social media, Scott? They can always go to my Twitter page at Scojo AZ Sports. They can go to the podcast Twitter page at No BS Winners. Uh, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. That is No BS Winners Podcast. And of course, if you don't have social media and you're listening to the podcast and you have a question, you can always send it to us, No BS Winners at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer that question uh, on the podcast for you. Okay. And if you're listening to the podcast right now and you do have social media, you're on Twitter, retweet, retweet, retweet. This is episode number 13. We're trying to go big. We're going to keep doing this five days a week, every week, and just get everybody pumped up, get ourselves pumped up and uh, just enjoy the process as we grow this thing in a big, big way. You can find me on Twitter at my underscore bankroll. My DM is open. Send me a message anytime. Uh, tweet out my name. Uh, whatever I can do for you, let me know. Love to talk. Love to chat. Love to discuss stuff. And uh, just love to uh, communicate with everybody in general. Okay, let's get into yesterday's recap. Um, why don't you set us off here, Scott? Well, I had a good day. Uh, uh, yesterday, uh, my play of the day was boiling. Uh, boiling uh, God, I can't even say it. Bowling green. There you go. <laughs> that, that was the, the game that I really loved yesterday. Um, I had them winning by seven. Uh, they ended up winning by six. They did cover. So that was great. Um, so anybody tailing me on uh, Twitter, congratulations. And then uh, you know, I also had winners, uh, Rhode Island, Butler. I had the Rutgers, Purdue uh, over that hit. And then I had Nova. Uh, they, they ended up uh, covering for me. And then, uh, you know, I had a couple. I did have a couple losses. The, the Virginia – uh, Florida State game, it, it you know went just like I thought, but they did end up getting to 117. So the over, I had that at 116. So I got pointed in that one, and then uh, Northern Illinois got me in uh, Richmond. Richmond got destroyed by VCU. So uh, those were those were my losses. But all in all, I had a really good day, profitable day, and anybody tailing me should have had a good day also. Fantastic. I had one big play and my one big play went down. I had the under in the Florida uh, Mississippi State game. Too many points scored in the first half. I miscalculated my numbers. That goes down. Um, and the new clients, you know, uh, it just happens. We, we pick it up the next day and we go from there. Um, I did have one NBA play. I didn't post that. Like the Phoenix Suns, my, my uh, season-long clients did get that and that did win. But we don't put that on my record. I don't count that as a win. I'm just talking about it now because we're on the podcast. And, um, you know, we just move on. Big slate today. Uh, you know, Wednesday. Wednesday is always a big college uh, uh, basketball day. So we'll be, I'll be looking at some dogs today, too, because, you know, every Wednesday, the public comes in with just some massive action. And I can always find, you know, some value in some dogs. I always like that about college basketball. I always remember that each year. Wednesday is a great day, usually for dogs. Obviously, I'll have to I'll have to comb through it, but uh, that's what I'll be looking for. I'll be looking for a value. 
a lot of times I, I prefer to look for a dog. I, I, and I, and I talked about this in a video, just kind of talking out loud now, stick to what you're really good at. And, you know, I do identify favorites, but my eye does, does gravitate towards a dog. And I like to find value in dogs. I guess that's, that's what most sharp guys like to go under. Like you had the under in the Virginia game. That's a real tight line now because they've just been going under all year, but I prefer to go for dogs if I can find value. If not, obviously, I'll take a favorite if it looks obvious as well. Just kind of just talking out loud. And uh, so we just move on today. Got six NBA games. I'll be, I'll be combing through those as well right after we get done with this podcast. Um, let's get to the betting Q&A. What do you got today, Scott? Well, you know, we talked and we were going to talk about betting syndicates. And I know um, a lot of people out there that are, you know, amateur bettors and they, they hear that term syndicate, you know. And when you hear syndicate, you, you kind of picture a shadow, a shadow, a shadowy figure, you know, wearing fedoras and long coats with pop uh-huh. collars, sneaking about in the dark, participating in some dark seedy underworld or something like that. Right. That, yeah. You know, so but, uh, you know, a, a sports betting syndicate is something totally different. You know, it's a group of people working together in an effort to quickly identify, you know, value in the odds, capitalize off line movements, you know, make a living through sports betting. They've got people that, you know, specialize in certain things. And, you know, they basically join forces and, you know, they share in the same mission and it's to profit off, you know, mostly an ignorant betting public. You know, that's what betting syndicates do. But I, I, you know, I'm still learning about this. I know, you know, every, you know, a lot of sports bettors know Billy Walters. They know that name. You know, he had one of the most successful syndicates, you know, out there. But, you know, I'll let you go ahead and kind of explain you know, what they do, how they work, you know, how, you know, syndicates can move lines and things like that. Okay. So first of all, I'm not part of a syndicate. I've never been part of a syndicate. I'm going to give you my view of syndicates. Uh, I'm sure most of it will be accurate. Some of it will be controversial and some of it may be incorrect, but I'm just going to give you a picture of it. You kind of draw your own conclusions. Um, So a syndicate is a, a group of people who've tossed money in to as an investment. They're sports investors that toss money into uh, uh, basically a group. Uh, you know, someone is in control of the money. And what these syndicates have, they have guys that bet, okay? The people that toss their money into the, into the thing, they're not betting. They're just going to reap the benefits of, of the sharp people that are running the syndicate so there's you got someone running the syndicate you got someone recruiting to get the investments in the syndicate and what these do it's like wall street these syndicates into my mind um they have a math guy that's watching the stocks right so he's watching the lines they have a guy that, that watches lines and they're set up if if you've seen uh the inner workings of, of let's say an office of where a syndicate works you'll see multiple computers like wall street you'll see lines bumping they'll have triggers they'll have things lighting up they'll have parameters that are already set in place so that as soon as they light up they're ready to go into action these syndicates will have multiple outs they'll have 20 30 40 maybe 100 outs i don't know but they're all over the world in america they're local guys they're offshore they're in asia they're everywhere we're talking about the bigger syndicates now these are six figure and some are seven figure seven figure syndicates so in to get that much money in action when they see something they like, they have to have a, a, a gazillion outs, okay? So this is all formatted now. All right. Now, what they do is this. I doubt, and, and I'm just tossing this out there. This might be controversial. I doubt that the Sharps that are running the syndicates have 
any money inside this. I believe none of their money is in there. I believe they're taking money from the people who are, are the investors, the sports investors, rich guys who want to make money off sports. They, they put their money into a pot, and the sharp guys that are running the show, they got no skin in the game. And what they do is they take a rip on, on whatever. First of all, they take a rip on every bet, I think, just like Wall Street takes a rip on every trade. And then they take a rip on every profit. And they guarantee, well, they can't guarantee anything, but I'm sure they promise a certain output, a certain uh, percentage coming back based on whatever somebody puts in. So for every bet they make, they're getting paid. For every uh, win they get, they're getting paid. And so this is why... When you hear these syndicates are only making one to two percent, it's because, the, first of all, they're shaving off very a few bucks for every bet. So if they bet a hundred dollars, they're making a, a, if they make a buck, uh, if they make a dollar off a hundred, that's one percent. That's a one percent. So they want to get millions of dollars into action on multiple bets. This is why they bet so many games because they're getting the more games they bet, the more they get paid by the syndicate money, and so. That's kind of uh, how I see it, um, and I equate it, again, to Wall Street because they're watching lines. They're putting a ton of bets in play. There are triggers. Everything's in play. Now, some of these syndicates may work a little differently. Some may have less money, and um, the ones with the most money, though, listen, these guys are getting paid without putting their money in there because they know the system. They know how it works. All they got to do is go out to these rich people and recruit the money. It goes in the game, and I, I, get, I listen. I guarantee they got someone going out there and, and meeting with people and saying, hey, toss your money in here. Here's what we're doing. And they show them stuff. So they got a recruiter for the money. They got a guy who is a math guy who puts everything in place. They got a guy who makes the bets. It's all a big system. So that's why it's called a syndicate, right? So it's all working. It's like a bunch of gears working together. And all they need is the money from the investors, and they take their rips. That's how I see it going. Now, how do they move lines? Well, listen, as soon as they make it known who they are, um, these guys who are making, making these bets, they know that they're known at some of these bigger books. And they know if they put a play in, that it's going to affect the line. And a lot of times, like Billy Walters used to do, he had, he had guys out, mules out putting bets in for him. And they didn't know they were putting a bet in for Billy Walters. Or if they, even if they knew they did, someone puts a 10,000 bet on a game, the line moves a point instead of, let's say, a half point or even nothing. Because they respect what the syndicate sees in the numbers that the book might not see. And what happens then is a lot of times, and I'll see it, I'll see it on pinnacle because there's sharp guys betting on pinnacle uh, and not as much as before America cannot bet on pinnacle, but you'll see the lines on pinnacle are a shade up or down off the rest of the world, the rest of the world, man. And so, um, and, and a lot of times you'll see a line creep up throughout the day because they're setting it up for the fall. They creep it, creep it, creep it, creep it, and then you'll see it drop like a point and a half an hour before the game or two hours out. It'll start dropping. And this is when these books start getting scared is what I talked about before. Um, they panic and they'll overcorrect, and they know, and, and the, the syndicates know that the books will overcorrect. They know this, and they'll go on the bottom, and they'll, and they'll hit the bottom harder. And it doesn't happen on every game, but when they do see something, when, when their guys really know something's up, they'll set up the books for a big take. Now, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes the math is wrong. Sometimes they get took. So obviously it's a game of cat and mouse. This, okay. Now this is chess compared to what a lot of betters do is checkers. Okay. A lot of betters are looking for a lot of inexperienced betters looking for an edge. Don't realize that the edges go layers and layers and layers and layers and layers deep. 
they're looking for a surface edge and very rarely they find it. And it's very difficult when you got, when you got a limited bank account to do that. So that's why it pays to do what you do, to do what I do, to have numbers that you stick to. And you kind of play that game. And the more you play it, the smarter you get. The more layers you're able to dig a little bit out of there. You're able to carve it out a little more and see exactly what's happening. But going back to the syndicates, that's how they do it. And I hope I didn't confuse anybody, but it's just like Wall Street. I think, I think that's exactly how it works. Um, and I think that's how they set up books. Ultimately, though, these guys are getting rips from the money that's in the pot. And they don't have any of their money in the own game. This is why, you know, a guy like Crack, uh, Bill Crackman, right? Uh, Krakenberger. So he has, he's up there at a counter. He's part of a syndicate, right? But he's up there. He, he's, he's betting his own games too. So he may be part of the syndicate, but he's also betting on the side. Now, why is he betting on the side? Because he's getting a rip from the syndicate and he's putting his own money in action too, where he believes money should be. So he's got a guaranteed payout, I think, from the syndicate. And I could be wrong, but this is just my interpretation of it. Otherwise, if he had his money in the syndicate, he wouldn't be betting his own games. You know, he says he walks up to a sports book, puts a $5,000 bet in, they cut him off, et cetera. He, you've, you've heard those stories over the past 12 months where he's talked about that stuff, and we appreciate that. It's wonderful. But again, I think he has multiple streams of income, one from his app, one from his own bets, and one from the syndicate. And this guy, he's a great, nice guy. I've, I've had conversation with him in my DM, extended conversation, very nice guy. He may be uh, someone who, who knows a lot of guys who want to make money and, and, and you know, hasn't put in money in the, into the syndicate. I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating. Could be wrong. I'm just telling you my interpretation of the whole thing. And uh, does that kind of make sense, Scott? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Uh, you know, Billy Walters, I, I've, I've read a lot about him. I've seen a lot of things on TV about him. And, you know, the people that work for him, they didn't even know each other. You know, he kept them separate. So they, they didn't know who was working with Billy, you know, because he wanted it to be that quiet because, you know, the the books feared him. And so he didn't want anybody knowing, you know, that they were working for him. So they, you know, they all had to like sign, uh, you know, what non-disclosures, like they, they wouldn't talk about, you know, who they were betting for and, and things like that. So, yeah, I know, I, I know those syndicates, you know, are pretty sharp. They've got really good guys working the numbers and, you know, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They do get beat. You know, because everybody does in this business. I mean, everybody, nobody's perfect, you know, right. and if you hear, if you hear people say throwing 75, 80, 90%, that's bullshit. That doesn't happen. You know, you, you might, you might do be 80% out of 10 plays, but over a lifetime of betting, you know, you, you're, you're looking for that 58 to 62. That's the sweet spot. That's where you make money. So I know syndicate, I, I, we get a lot of questions about syndicates and, you know, I'm still learning about them. You know, I've done a lot of reading about them and everything, and I don't know if that's something that maybe I, I look into later, you know, in the career doing this. But, you know, as of right now, I, I'm doing everything on my own. So, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. And then we did get a question um, about too much information and can that, you know, move you off a of play? And I had someone talking to me saying that they were buying plays from somebody and, you know, they would get the play and then they would start, you know, cruising Twitter, cruising the web, looking at all, you know, if you look hard enough and long enough, you're going to find, you know, 40 people and 20 are going to be on one side and 20 are going to be on another. Right. So you're going to have 20 people telling you this, this, this and this and this about this game. And this is how they <laughs> see it. And you're going to have 20 people on this side telling you this, this, and this. they see this side. So 
basically what you do, if you're going to handicap yourself, you trust your numbers, you make your bets and you don't let anything outside influence you. If you're an amateur better or somebody who is paying somebody for picks, then you need to trust that person that you're paying and, and, you know, believe that they're going to win for you. And because it's, you know, ridiculous to be paying somebody, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month or whatever to give you picks. And then you're letting other information talk you off what they're telling you, you know, so you've, you, you know, there's nothing, you know, information is good. I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, you can't let that, you know, talk you off, you know, what you're doing, you know, it's, it's I, good to take it in, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. So here's the deal. Um, look, I, I think it's natural for anyone when they're on a play to try to validate that play. Um, and this goes for people who, who don't have confidence in themselves or, or perhaps are getting a play from somebody else. And this is why when you get a play from somebody, you want to make sure they're winning. You want to make sure if you're going to pay, if you're going to pay a monthly, you want to, you want to make sure you see a winning record. You want to make sure what they're saying makes sense. You want to make sure they're not just tossing plays up and just saying, go play these. Don't worry about it. Thank me later. That's, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Um, but, yeah, I, I, there is a ton of information, especially with the Internet, just a ton of misinformation out there. Uh, just kind of give you an example. Um, so today, the Florida line, Florida and college basketball, they're playing Mississippi State. I was on the total that lost that. But Florida opened as a four point favorite bet all the way up to six and a half. And, you know, this is this is that's a steam play. There were the books cleaned up on the betters because everybody thinks Florida is going to win. Right. So a lot of money comes in Florida. Mississippi State covers the line, wins the game outright. And uh, the books make some dough. But, you know, when it comes to when it comes. So so what you have to do is if you're going to pay somebody, trust it. If you pay them for a month or a season, listen, um, maybe limit your unit size until you get uh, you're building your bankroll. But bottom line is just play those games, play those games and look for look for evidence that, you know, um, that that. Those plays are consistent, and they're, and they're going to slowly grind you upward because it's a grind, man. It's a long season, and it's a grind. There's going to be some lulls. There's going to be some 50-50 stuff. You're going to lose some juice. You're going to have some losing days. But hopefully, you're upticking the whole season. You're upticking, 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 and you make your money back, and then some, and you had fun during the season. Hopefully, you learned some, a few things, and uh, you, know, you made the right choice with who you put your money with. But to validate every play, to go searching around, that's a mistake. Because, again, like you just said, to your, to your point, Scott, yeah, you're going to find somebody on the other side of that game. Or you're going to find somebody saying, hey, I got my, my, my game of the month uh, here, and then they're going to be tempted to pay for that game too. And I have clients that sometimes do that. They'll, they'll pay multiple uh, services or multiple people, and they, just, they want multiple games, number one, and then they want validation, number two. So, yeah, and what do you do if you know, you're my handicapper, Brian, and you give me the Suns plus six? And I go and I, you know, I go to a, a website and I see, oh, play of the month. You know, this is my NBA play of the month, blah, 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 can't lose or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I've got Brian's play. Now I'm going to get this play. And I click on it and it's Mavericks, Mavericks minus six. <laughs> you know, retweet, retweet, retweet. No. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, yeah. you know, that, and I, I'm speak from experience because I've done that. You know, I've gone, you know, to one site and I paid for that pick and I'm like, oh, great. You know, and then I look over here and I'm like, oh, I got to pay for that pick, too. And all of a sudden I'm, I've got both sides. You know, now I've, I paid, you know, 40 bucks over here and 50 bucks over here. And now I've right, got, right. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, so 
that's why you gotta you know you, you either do it yourself you trust your numbers stick with what or, you know or you stick with the guy that you're paying don't go out there and pay you know multiple people you gotta you gotta find the guy that you trust stick with that guy and you know write it out with them you know if, you, if you're bouncing around from handicapper to handicapper to hand i think that's a recipe for disaster too you gotta I find agree. you gotta find somebody that you trust stay with them and over the long haul you know, it's just like, you know, going to a, 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 you know, Edward Jones and having someone, you know, investing your money and, and you're trusting that guy to, you know, put your money in the stocks and make you money over. If you're looking at the stock market every day, you'll go nuts. You know, some days, oh my, oh my God, I lost $2, you know, oh great. You know, it went up five. It's the same thing as sports betting. You know, you find somebody, you pay them, you ride with them and over time they're going to make you money. So you ride the highs and lows, but if somebody's good, they're going to, they're going to make you a lot more money than, than not. Absolutely. And so, and the ultimate thing here is everybody wants to make money sports betting, obviously. And it's a process. It's a process, you know, uh, f- forever. You, these sharp guys with the syndicates, they lose games. They hit maybe 53, 54%, but they got so much money in ask, action that they're making a profit. And so they can make that happen because they have a gazillion outs around the world. And it's just that way. For you, though, for a, a better, a, an average guy just trying to make some, make a few extra bucks. You got to set realistic goals. What are your expectations? You got to, you have to have realistic expectations. That's where it all starts. If you don't have realistic expectations, you will be jumping around. You will be getting mad. You will be upset with yourself. But look, just put it this way: if you're slowly on an uptick with somebody and you bought plays, you're in you're, you're in the game. You're 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 playing every day. You're 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 enhancing your life. So. You know, you're enhancing. Well, you're not enhancing. You're enhance. You're, you're. It's exciting. You're having an action every day, and so that's the point. Because as long as you're in action, you got a shot to go on a big, big run. And I know that's what everybody wants to do. But listen, even in even in poker, you're at a poker table. Going back to rounders now, and because I don't play poker, I have, but I, I'm not a big poker player. But you know, he said this. Matt Damon said this in the movie. You want to just protect your bankroll while you're waiting for that one big hand an hour, one big take in an hour, one big rake of the table. And if you're doing that, you're, you can't go broke taking a profit. You just, you're not going broke taking a profit. Impatience, lack of discipline, lack of emotional discipline are, are listen, if you don't have those things, if you, if you have the lack of those things, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're just not you're not in the realm of what the real expectation of this profession is. So that's kind of my take on that. Yep, exactly. You're gonna break down a game for us? Oh yeah, my boys, ASU at Washington State. And I'm doing this because I've got some guys that were talking to me and they wanted to hear this. So I told them I'd break the game down for them how I see it. So, you know, I am a fan of Arizona State. So, you know, I, I have a bias, but when it comes to putting the numbers together and looking at the game. You know, I'm just looking at two teams. So, you know, I the numbers I have on this game, it, right? Well, right now, ASU is favored by two and a half. The over under is 143. Uh, I have the game 72-66 ASU. That's what my numbers say. Um, I I won't bet this. Well, I mean, I I will pick this game because I'm in the pack. You know, that Pac-12 capper contest. So I I will pick the game, but I'm you know I won't bet on this uh, particular game. And it's just because ASU. ASU has a tradition, especially under Bobby Hurley, after they win a big game. So like last year, we had number one Kansas at home. They come in here, huge win. Next, the the following, one week later, we play uh, Princeton at home and we lose to Princeton at home. So 
I, you know, Bob, I don't know if it's a Bobby Hurley thing or what, but the, every time these guys win a big game, so, you know, they're down by 22 at home against U of A. They come all the way back to win the game by one. You know, so they're riding a high. They're on a two-game winning streak, and now they're going to Washington State, a team that they're clearly better than. They should beat, and then they should beat, you know, fairly easily. I mean, it is a road game, but this ASU team, I just – I do not trust them at all. Uh, you never know when the dribble devils are going to show up and, you know, you're going to have Remy and, and Alonzo Verge going one-on-one and, you know, there, there's no ball movement, there's no assists, you know, things like that. So I, I'm i rooting for Arizona State. I hope they win the game. They should win the game. But um, with Arizona State, I, I can't I can't bet on it. I would never tell anybody to bet on it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it as a fan and hope they can pull it out. But yeah, I mean, just watch ASU because that, you know, they, they have a, they have a letdown factor um, after big games. What has uh, Washington state done recently? Can you get, can you give me kind of a refresher on what they've done? Yeah. Washington state, they've been really good at home. You know, they swept the, uh, um, the Oregon schools, they beat Oregon and Oregon state at home. Uh, They had a really good series. You know, they they retired Clay Thompson's uh, Jersey and, you know, they had a really good two games and then, you know, they went out on the road and I believe they got beat by uh, um, the Washington school or not the Washington schools, but the, uh, I forget the, uh, I think it was California and Stanford that they just played or, or, Oh no, no, they went to the mountain schools. I think that's where it was. I think they were Utah and uh, um, Utah and Colorado, I think is where they were. So, uh, and then they lost two on the road. So, they, they, you know, they got uh, Ellaby, who's, a, you know, their best player. And, you know, he's a lefty. He's a really good shooter, really good scorer. He, by, you know, by far their best player. And, you know, Washington State came into ASU last year and just pounced them, beat them by 20. You know, we only played them once last year. So, you know, they came in here and handled us, you know, easily last year at, in Tempe. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of a revenge factor there. So, but, you know, I – I, you know, I'm, I always want ASU to, you know, capitalize and stack wins and stack wins and they better start stacking wins or the tournament is, you know, out of reach for them. Right. Right. So. Now, now, do you, do you, um, it, Bobby Hurley, just real quick while we, while we got time here, uh, you, you feel he's a good coach? Yeah, I think he's, he's, you know, he's a good recruiter. We've got a five-star guy coming in that, you know, Marvin Bagley, his brother, Marcus is coming in. Um, and then we've got a, a guy, Christopher, Josh, I think Josh Christopher, you know, he's another big recruit. He was at, you know, one of the games this last week. So we're hoping to get him in. And then we got a, a guy in New Jersey, you know, another 6'10 guy that's, you know, a four or five star guy. So his recruiting, you know, he's really improved the recruiting for ASU. Now, coach wise, um, you know, when he had the, you know, the three amigos, I called them, you know, Cody, Shannon and Trey, you know, they, they were a small lineup, but they could shoot the rock, you know, like crazy, you know, three point shooting was phenomenal and then last year you know they had Zylan and and Dort and they both went to the NBA you know Dort was a one and done or that's really you know other than James Harden one of the well I mean James played two years but Dort was really our first one and done guy you know and he's at Oklahoma City right now and Cheatham went to you know the Pelicans and he's playing in the G League so uh, we lost those two guys and then this year we just you know we're kind of guard heavy and I think Bobby thought he had a different team and, and he's kind of struggling with the offense and the rotation. And so I think he's a good coach. He's a, he's a good recruiter. Um, I just, you know, we seem kind of stagnant this year. That's just my take on the team this year. I'm hoping that for a miracle and we can get into the tournament, but I I just, I I don't see it happening. Yeah. Just by what you just said, uh, you know, 
with ASU, obviously, um, I had ASU plus five and a half, five or five and a half the other day. I believe it was five. I win that game. Um, Washington State winning at home, losing two on the road, coming home. Sounds like a very close game. I haven't looked at the numbers. I'll take a look at it tomorrow. Pardon me, uh, this afternoon before the game goes off and uh, after I'm done with my morning stuff. But let's uh, – and I'll let you know what I think about it, but uh, I didn't get a chance to look at that. Uh, what about the other two you uh, you have on tap for the card? Okay, yeah, so first game I'm looking at is a rematch in the Big 12. Uh, West Virginia is going to be at Texas Tech. Uh, West Virginia won the first game at home, 64-58, to 58, I believe. And, you know, that was the game I was talking about where I had the under, the over-under, and that game was 128. It was 37-31 at halftime. You know, the over-under went to 140. And that's when I when I live bet it. Um, I think you're going to see the same game here. Uh, I think Texas Tech is favored by two and a half. The over-under is at 129 again. I like, you know, you were talking about dog hunting on Wednesday. I, I love West Virginia in this game. Um, you know, I'm looking at the total. I, you know, I have the game going under as of right now. I have a little more looking. But my, my game of the day tomorrow is going to be um, Alabama LSU. And I – I'm all over Alabama in this game. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, tell me you're taking Bama because I was looking at them too. Yeah, I'm all over Alabama in this game. I, you know, they uh, LSU is a good team, but Alabama is 12 and one against the spread in their last 13. They're three and zero against the spread in conference on the road. You know, LSU is seven and six in their last 13, and they're zero and three at home against the spread in conference. So the game just sets up really well for Alabama. Um, you know, LSU they're similar styles. Uh, and then, you know, Alabama's got Nate Oates. He came over from from Buffalo. So he's – Alabama's just been improving and been improving and been improving. And I'm actually calling – you're going to hear it here. I'm calling for a blowout in this game on Alabama. I think they're going to come into LSU, and they're going to blow the doors off LSU. I, I, I'm looking for a double-digit win uh, for Alabama at LSU uh, tomorrow uh, tonight. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we'll look forward to that. I'll take a look at the numbers after – we get off the podcast here. It's early right now. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up, Scott? Uh, once again, uh, I am going to be releasing my plays of the day on Twitter through this week, through the weekend, all the way up to the Super Bowl. And on Monday, my website will open, uh, scojopicks.com. It's under construction right now. But hopefully Monday I'll have everything working and running. I'll be doing daily videos. You can go there. I'll be breaking down games. I'll be recapping, you know, the, the cards from the night before you'll get all my information, you know, on the website, there'll be daily packages there for college basketball, for pro basketball and for hockey. So yeah, you'll be able to find that on Monday and, you know, I'll still be on Twitter. I'll still be, you know, posting my plays, you know, after games start and things like that. But um, if you're following me, that's my, my website's going to open and that's, you know, hopefully on Monday, if it changes, I'll let everybody know. But that's that's what I'm shooting for as of right now. That sounds good, man. That sounds good. All right. What do, how are they going to find us one more time? Uh, they can go to my Twitter page. That's Scojo AZ Sports. Uh, the podcast Twitter page is uh, at No BS Winners. Our YouTube page is No BS Winners uh, Podcast. And my Instagram page is Scojo Picks. Um, and again, if you don't have social media and you're just listening to the podcast, you can always send us a question, uh, no BS winners at gmail.com. Uh, one more thing, the contest. Now let's talk about that real quick before we sign off. 
I know we had a couple of people uh, sign up for the contest. Basically, you just got to follow us on Twitter at No BS Winners. Go to the uh, the podcast uh, YouTube page, No BS Winners Podcast. Subscribe there. Come back in. Said I subscribe to both. I'm in, and then uh, you are automatically going to be added to the pool of contestants that will be. Uh, we'll draw one of them on uh, February 2nd, which is Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to do that on Sunday. We're going to post that on Twitter. And Monday, we're going to start the nine-day challenge for that winner. And listen, we're going to run this thing up to nine. We're going to dial this in. We're going to run it up to nine. In my mind, we're running this thing up to nine. Either way, you'll have a chance to cash out early um, if you choose. And then, But we're going to keep running this thing up. Uh, meantime, you can uh, follow me at my underscore bankroll on Twitter. I got the other social media stuff going, but it's it's we're mostly focusing on Twitter at the moment. I'll let you know when the other stuff comes out. We're building here slowly, and it's going to be super profitable for February. So uh, we appreciate you listening, and that will close up episode 13 of the No BS Winners podcast. See you tomorrow.